we all have moments where we feel insecure. Without awareness, those moments of insecurity shape so much of our lives. Hi, I'm Chris McAllister, and I founded SightShift to help people like you and me, leaders and coaches, use the moments they feel insecure to transform their identity, their teams, and their culture. Listen in as I interview people around what it means to be the kind of leader who uses these moments to transform themselves. Hey everybody, so glad you're here. I'm excited about today's episode. It's been like five years. We're reuniting on the podcast. My friend David Sherry. David, welcome. So glad to have you here. Dude, so happy to be uh, talking to you today. And I can't believe it's been five years. That's that's pretty crazy. Yeah, I've done that when I, I've done the podcast in 2015, but I always just did like whatever I wanted to talk about. And there was just a little bit of time I did those interviews. And uh, so glad to have you then. Glad to have you back as we do this new format and uh, learning about what it means to lead through our vulnerabil- vulnerabilities and what we feel. So David Sherry is a coach to CEOs, founders in the startup space, and especially those in early stage. Um, and I can tell you, of the people that I have known in my life, the people that I can sit down with and jam with on everything, the curiosity to, to go anywhere and the tenacity to understand it, David, we're glad to have you here today, man. It's gonna be fun. Thanks so much, man. Uh, yeah, we've had many a good long conversation about all different types of topics. So happy to happy to be here with you. Yeah, you know, I was thinking about this episode, and and I was like, okay, so I told some fun things in 2017 that were like part of our origin story meeting, mm. and and we have like had a lot happen since then too as we've stayed connected some things we can talk about on the podcast some we can't so we'll leave the the listeners with some mystery there have to imagine but as we jump in um exactly exactly as we jump in and uh man the world so much is happening right now so much change so much disruption this is something you and i connect on a lot um but I really want to focus first on you as a person, like how that change and disruption is always really at work in our lives. Where right now do you have a real sense of excitement? You feel like I've got momentum, I'm winning, this feels good, I'm getting those dopamine hits. What comes yeah. to mind with that, wherever your mind goes? Great question. It's always changing. And um, you know, I think right now, even though I've always been somebody who's been writing, um, I've been podcasting for a long time intermittently. Um, I guess I'm, I'm very excited right now about shifting from just sort of purely coaching, which is one-on-one conversations. Um, I've been doing those for about the last three years with startup founders to starting to package ideas um, and publish them, you know? And so my first book is coming out uh, this year. It should be done pretty soon. I think hopefully within the end of the month. Um, so very excited about that. I'm starting to publish a lot more on YouTube. So um, learning to be on camera, like, you know, like this and, um, publishing frequently there, and really just starting to translate, I guess, a lot of the ideas and conversations that I'm having with startup founders into insights that I can share online. So it's funny because obviously social media and publishing um, is a huge world that's been around for a long time. I just never really attacked that kind of specific area very intentionally the way that I think I am now. So um, yeah, I see myself writing 10 books. Book one is hopefully going to be out within the month. Um, I see myself making, you know, 
whatever, hundreds to thousands of videos. And now I'm kind of in that rhythm. So yeah, just very excited about using these amazing mediums that we have. Like I, again, sounds so simple, but we just forget how powerful putting a video on the internet is to reach new people from around the world. Um, so I'm just very authentically excited about yeah publishing right now. Dude, I, I love that. I love the vision of how you've laid that out. It's like the courage to say, hey, I'm, it's book one of 10. Um, it, I remember feeling the same way. It's like, okay, I'm, I'm an author. This is just book mm -hmm. one. And, and uh, you know, I would say nine, book 9, 10, and 11 are like at some stage of development right now. And the audio books just crossed a certain sales threshold. I'm not huge. You know that. But, you know, it's, uh, it, it matters. It all starts to add up. I do have to tell you this, man, because I'm I'm recording some podcast interviews right now. I kind of batch the schedule. So the episode right before this one, you know, they won't come out for a couple of months. But he here's what he said. And this is a little folklore for people. Um, he goes, I picked up, figured that shift out. And or no, no, somebody said to me uh, about a coaching program I need to take you through. It's called Figure That Shift Out. And he goes, man, it had me at the title. Mm. And guys, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen listening. David Sherry, the man, has titled it because he's got those creative chops. Uh, so a little fun folklore there. So the book comes out end of this month. Well, I'll definitely ask at the end like some stuff. Uh, sure. I'd love whatever you can share about that. For sure. Uh, and let people connect around that. What's it like for you to be at the like 90% threshold with that project? Where are you at emotionally with yeah. being at that place with it? Great question. So, you know, I don't know if this will be super interesting to the audience, but I think what was cool for me is it, it took me a quarter to write. So I basically wrote the book from January to May, um, which I think is pretty quick. It's not a huge book. Um, and I had a great kind of rhythm for, for doing that. The writing part, like I said, almost came out pretty quickly. <laughs> the publishing part, there's so many intricacies to learning Amazon, to learning how to design the layout, to learning how to design, you know, the cover and everything that it's taking me from basically May to now just to do the publishing piece. So the 90% of writing came out very easily. I was surprised by that. Uh, the publishing part is actually taking almost as long as the writing. Um, and I'm hoping that that's going to get faster, you know, next time. So I'd say excited to get it published and just was very surprised at how much work and effort it took to actually package that book and, and get it out. Um, but one thing I'm excited about as well is just that, you know, every time you do it, you build systems that you can use next time you have a better sense about what it's like to actually write. Um, so I'm, I'm coming out much stronger, uh, even though, uh, there's a big dip after you finish to, to edit it, to improve it, to package it. Um, so I'm excited to be done with that, that part of the dip basically. Dude, I'm, I'm just glad you put that to words for people because doing something like that as a creative project whatever it is it, it could even be something small you're writing a long email or you're trying to win people over to an idea there's a dip that happens right um did it feel like a million decisions you've had to make on the publishing side of things oh yeah and it's all foreign language you know it's amazon kdp and stuff it's like okay well i've never heard of that before and yeah, I think I think going back to that point about the the long game is it's okay if this book isn't perfect. And I think that's probably where a lot of people get stuck, right? Is that this book this one book has to be perfect. It has to have all my ideas. And so, I think it was easier for me even though it was still a big dip 
um, just knowing next one's going to be better. You know, there's a bunch of sacrifices you have to make. I like aesthetics. I like design and branding. There's parts of the book where I'm like, if I could do this again and had an infinite budget, it would be better design, be better brand. You know, all those things you have to just kind of slice through and just say, get this one published and then do the next one. And, you know, again, not to go too far in the weeds of publishing, I'm going to republish this book, you know, with an updated version probably in a year or something, right? So there's another mindset shift around this is an iterative process. You know, it's not, it's not the, it's not the, you know, I'm not, I'm not writing the Bible. It's one book to be, you know, forever kind of there. It's like, I'll, I'll, repu- I'll republish that, you know, and I'll, I'll update it. And um, so, th- yeah, I guess to go hand in hand with that, that idea of just publishing right now is just this iteration, kind of just keep iterating, keep publishing, keep republishing. So that's helped me a little bit to mentally get this one out. Cause it's not, it's not the final. Yeah, dude, that's awesome, man. I mean, I think everyone can take away such depth from what you're saying because we get caught up in it. We're like, okay, and, and a book is easy to do that with, but it could happen with anything, how I performed in the meeting, whatever. But definitely a book, it's like this book has to contain the multitudes within me. It has to be a full, complete expression of my identity. It can't allow for me to be misunderstood in any kind of way. You know, <laughs> right. when you start front loading with all that, dude, you're yeah. doomed. You're doomed. Well, you're so right. That can, uh, that can show as up we anywhere. know, people are going to misunderstand us. Yeah. Yeah, that, yeah, can, that can show totally. up anywhere for sure. Um, I can I tell you something. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say real quick, I just, this is hilarious to me. Somebody gave me a nasty Amazon review saying that basically I ripped the book off from somebody else who wasn't even a known name when I wrote the book. Mm. Right? So it doesn't matter, like, the way people judge. Uh, and anyway, you were going to say it could show up anywhere. Sorry. Yeah, it, it can show up anywhere. And I think that the, the point that I draw from, from what you're sharing is that when we try to make anything, I almost want to say, when we try to make anything everything to us, right? So if you try to make your relationship everything, if you try mm. to make you know, the book, everything, like if it has to serve every single need that you have, right, you, uh, yeah, you sort of box it in and, and you hold really tightly to it. And if you can say, this is for this single sort of specific, simple purpose, you know, right now, this first book is just for me getting good at writing at books. It's not to make money, you know, or, or this, uh, like you said, this email is just for this one thing, or this partnership is just for this one thing. Um, yeah, it's much easier than trying to have it fulfill all of your needs. Mm, I love that phrase. When you make anything, everything. It's so good. Where right now do you feel like if we go to the opposite, where do you feel right now that you're like, you're, you're trying to figure something out. You feel kind of stuck with it. Uh, you, you want to see it turn around or improve. And this could be personal, professional, wherever your mind goes. Yeah, I think, Probably a few things come to mind, um, always improving. I think, you know, one thing that's been interesting for me is, so I was a founder for seven years, um, and there's a lot of, I guess, activities that come with being a founder, um, some, some of which are sort of creative in how you put together a brand and bring on partners. And um, I think as a coach, I sort of shifted gears to be um, someone who's um, sort of sat but you know, behind the founder, essentially. So as counsel, you know, to these startup founders. And I think I'm feeling a little bit of that itch to be a little bit at the forefront again. Um, 
you know, and I don't want to do it necessarily the exact same way that I did it before. I think there's a really uh, common kind of trap here where you try to picture, oh, how do I keep doing, how do I go back to that thing that I did previously, right? Like, can I, can I try to pattern match and, um, you know, start a company that looks like the one that I started before or something like that? And so I'm in this wrestle moment of, I know I don't want to do the same thing that I did previously or try to find an opportunity that looks the exact same because I have changed and I have moved into more of this um, personal counsel type role. And I'm feeling a little bit of a pull to um, produce sort of products and, and brands that um, have some scalability, have more maybe cultural impact in the conversation, um, which is something you don't really get directly in a one-on-one uh, coaching capacity. So I think for me, it's just, I'm in that wrestle mode of trying to integrate uh, who I am now, which is not the person I was running that company, um, with some of the the desires maybe that are coming up um, around building a brand. Yeah, building a brand probably is a, way, is a concise way of putting that. Um, and so I think I'm just wrestling with those two concepts and I'm trying to avoid pattern matching. Oh, I should, I should just, you know, be like I was, you know, I, I, I don't think I want to do that. Such great awareness. I mean, that's the trap people fall into, right? And uh, you you've articulated it so well, and I think it adds such strength to your coaching because this is what I tell people all the time. Like, I'm not coaching you from an ivory tower of what I've done. I'm I'm also seeking to actively build an organization, and so I'm living in the pressures of my own world of leading an organization, delivering services getting involved in sales, delegating sales, getting involved in product development, you know, it's all of that. And um, it adds such a reality, I think, a freshness to the impact we have. So that's super cool. Um, okay, so you, you've been on this journey of awareness. Uh, as long as I've known you, you're like, I'm going to grow. I want to I learn more. I want to get better. Not that there is one. I'm just curious if, if there's like an origin story where for you a light bulb went off and you said, man, I can really make some changes. I can grow myself. I can develop myself. Hmm. Uh, what is that origin story? Or when did you feel like you really started to get some momentum along those lines? It's a great question. You're involved in, in the origin story and part of the origin story. Um you know, I, I do have an early memory um, that I think back to um, that I think encapsulates some of the work that I do when I was a kid. Um, and I was sort of the oldest, mm-hmm. I, I was the youngest in my family, but the oldest kind of guy in the neighborhood. And I sort of remember like <laughs> basically having other kids in the neighborhood who were younger than me um, and uh, teaching them basketball or soccer or basically being the coach. Like I'd be on the sideline, they'd be on the basketball court. And I'd be having them do drills, you know, and, and I kind of remember this moment as well of, uh, you know, some little fight happening or something and me kind of making both parties feel better, you know, basically in that kind of coach type role. So that's an early memory of mine. That's kind of funny. That's like, you know, I, I wanted to support their growth. I was practicing a lot myself, but I was also arranging, you know, for some drills <laughs> in the neighborhood. So that's the early origin story that made me feel so that's good. That's incredible you know, at the time that I really, um, yeah, I just really, that was like, oh, I, this is a really good feeling, right? It was like that, that positive reinforcement. Um, I think the second thing is I've, some people feel this way, so I want to share it, is 
you know, I'm, I'm my wiring, as you would say, is I have some internal drive that's just on that I feel like I'm, I'm, I was born with, right? Where it's just like, I just have something in me that's always striving for, you know, the next edge. And it feels like it's just always been there. Um, that can be confusing or difficult for many reasons when you're growing up because uh, it's harder to turn off, right? It's, it's harder to be present. Um, but I think accepting that that's just something that there's some driver in there, right? That's always seeking kind of growth. And uh, yeah, it feel, feels like I was born with that. So I think that's the second thing I'd say. But the third thing, which involves you, is um, so we did, I did coaching through SideShift. Uh, I want to say it was maybe 2016, something like that, 2015, 2016. Um, and what I'd say SightShift yeah. did for me is it opened the door. Um, you know, maybe the door was cracked. Um, but I think site shift kind of opened the door further to my growth. It kind of revealed a bigger, more intentional possibility for my own uh, growth and development. At the time, I was a CEO. Um, and so the framing, I think, was very much around business. But um, there's a lot of personal stuff in there as well, as uh, many site shift people know. Um, and so what I'd say is that the, site, the initial site shift program, the 12-week program, um, it really, like, yeah, if there was a little bit of a crack of, I know I like personal development, I know I want to grow, I know I have this driver, it was like SightShift sort of opened that door wider. More light came in, you know, to this journey that I wanted to be on that I felt was so fulfilling. Um, and so I think that actually really accelerated my um, almost fulfillment of the desire to grow. Um, you know, it, it, it showed me I could make, um, make this part of my, my growth intentional. You know, it didn't have to be happenstance. So, so I appreciate that, um, and I, I thank you for that. And yeah, so I'd say that was a big accelerator and catalyst. Dude, wow, so meaningful to hear. Thank you. Uh, I could see you playing, at, you know, and, and directing and, and coaching <laughs> yeah. as, as the kid. That was awesome. I I love that you have that memory and can access that. Uh, that's beautiful. And now I'll also never listen to Lady Gaga's Born This Way the same. I'm going to listen <laughs> right. to it and think about us. I'm to listen to this later I, today, yeah. been born this way. This... <laughs> I think people have that feeling. So I, I wanted to share uh, that because, yeah, I think some people, that, that's how it feels to me. So, you know, that's all I can say. Yeah. Yeah. You know what's funny? Uh, I actually just got a text from a high school buddy um, earlier today. So... You know, this would have been back in 95 when I graduated high school, right? And 20-whatever, seven years ago. And uh, and when I was in college, I was, like, really starting to learn myself. And I, I was ambitious, right? And, and I thought, have I always been this way? Because I don't remember being this way. So I actually reached out to this, college, this high school buddy uh, back then, you know, when I was, like, 20, and said, dude, in my mind, all I cared about was like hanging out in high school. Was I ambitious? And he's like, "Are you kidding?" You know, <laughs> and he's enlightening me to to how I had missed this essential element to to who I am. Um, this this makes me think about like really what it means to to come to terms and and peace with the fullness of who you are, the strengths of who you are. And this is just a question I love asking right now, or or maybe longer term, wherever your mind goes with it. What does David Sherry like about being himself the most? <laughs> nice. That's that's an awesome question. And and just to touch on what you were just mentioning, I think everybody should go through the exercise of reaching out to people from high school and just asking, what was I like? 
Um, I think that'd be pretty revealing. Um, or what memories do they have, right? I think that would be a, a fun exercise for anybody. Um, would you mind repeating the question? I, I want to answer it specifically. So yeah. 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 The, that's good. I love that you draw it out that protocol because that people could totally go do that. So yeah, right now for yourself and, and, and it, your mind might go back to something in the past. That's fine. But as you just are relaxed with who you are, enjoy being who you are, what's something you like about being yourself the most? Uh, great question. Uh, where my, where my mind goes is, um, I mean, I feel really grateful, um, I, about being me. I think, uh, I, I know this is a Naval, I think Naval Ravikant quote, but it's like, if you ever feel jealous of somebody else, ask yourself if you would wholesale change everything about your life to be them. You know, so if you're feeling jealous, you sort of think like, oh, I want what they have. It's like, yeah, but do I want all of their life? Do I want to trade everything they've had to do to be there? All the things that they have on their plate right now. And anytime I run that little simulation, um, it's always just like I would never <laughs> I would never trade you know, everything I have for everything that other person has. Um, and a big part of that for me right now is, um, you know, and I'm in a stage of life where I think this is a little bit easier. I don't have kids. Um, I live in Santa Monica, which is beautiful. It's very walkable. Um, but I've been spending a lot of uh, intention around my calendar. And uh, I would say my calendar, you know, I feel like this could come off like it's bragging or something, but my calendar is just so amazing. Like how I spend my time during the week is 80 to 95% of how I would like to spend my time. And I think that is in part maybe rare or lucky, uh, in part a lot of, you know, intention. Um, and so, yeah, I just love, I love the dynamic of my week. It's split into right now, more specifically two days, no meetings. So Monday and Tuesday, I don't have any meetings with anybody. Um, the full, you know, day is I can work on deep work projects as much as I want. Um, you know, then the, the next two days are full of coaching. So I'm on with clients, um, and I love that. And then Friday's a little bit more personal time. I catch up with friends. I do some other type of work that I want. I'm also working um, half a Saturdays, but that schedule is just so dynamic. You know, to have the deep work time to go be creative, mm -hmm. to have the extroverted time to be with clients, right? To have some personal time baked in. Um, yeah, I just really am uh, am happy with my schedule and, and happy that I feel in a space where I can d design it differently if it's not serving me anymore. Um, so yeah, that's that's super fun. And, and again, I don't want this to sound like whatever, but I did catch up with a friend who's, he's part of a very successful company that's growing really quick right now. And we got coffee on a Friday or something. And I was just sitting outside, you know, I had a coffee, whatever, 11 a.m. I had my coffee, sitting in the sun. Yeah. He's like, man, is this what you do? <laughs> like, like frequently? Um, and it's like, well, not every day, but like, yeah, usually my Fridays are pretty relaxed like this. Um, and, uh, yeah, he's been in, you know, back to back meetings every day, all day, which is very common, common for people. So, um, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm thrilled about my schedule. Right on, right on. I would, uh, the jokes I make with people around this is like, yeah, you're ruined, man. Once you, yes. once you are on your own. And then once you cross that threshold of understanding, you know, I can tell people when I'm available. I can direct my calendar. I, it's not anybody else's. It's mine. Um, you, it's just another level of like, this is for me what wealth feels like. Mm -hmm. That 
today I went and ran in the heat because I wanted to and then took a walk in between meetings and I'm doing the meetings I want to do and dude what did yeah, this you, make me think you, of oh something I used to teach go ahead oh yeah you you just bring up a great point though which is I think everyone could consider you know the difference between what wealth means to them and what wealth means societally and I would totally agree that I just very much value mm. having control of my schedule and there is a trade-off with money. I could, I think I could be making more money, but my schedule would be way worse. Um, and it's also not to say that I'm not working. I, I think I'm working more than I was even when I had my startup. Uh, it just feels different because, you know, to have four and a half hours of deep work on a Monday, I think that's probably more productive in some ways than I when I was, you know, kind of frantic with the company. Um, so you can still work super hard. Um, but yeah, I would think about the trade-off between I can make more money, but what does that do for my, yeah, my, my sanity or my stress or, or my um, ability to, to have more control of my schedule? Time, time last Dude, thing, time, time right is on. not, I, time is the, the least scarce thing. Uh, money's not scarce, right? Time is the only thing that's actually scarce. Yeah, I, I love that. And so yeah, I think you may say time is the most scarce thing. And, and yes. that is like, that's everything, you know? And, and I love what you're saying about like, I, my days are actually more intense this year than they were last year. And that they were more intense, you know, because the clarity increases the effectiveness and I put more intensity behind that. But I shift, like Josh Waitzkin talks about, I don't simmer at the six. I live in fully on and 10 or, or relax setting it all down in the one and the two. And when I'm simmering at the six, I can feel it. I start to get frustrated, and and uh, it's a it's a you know signal to me. So, dude, you're you're throwing out some vision for people that is something that I hope and I believe is enticing them. What would you say is a skill that you've developed as a leader uh, that you think is really important to to live this kind of life that you're describing? Yeah, the first thing that comes to mind is um, I, I think about sort of pulling the future forward faster. So um, when I think about the clients that I'm working with, they have some vision. They have some – or they have vision or decision, right? So vision is sort of what they're picturing uh, or imagining for themselves from like a goal standpoint. Decisions are – you could kind of picture them as like a fork in the road. Um, they're trying to figure out which, which direction to go. And I think one thing I do from a leadership perspective – when I lead clients is I take what they see as a vision or what they see as a potential decision, which feels like it's far off in the future, and I bring it into the present. And in a way, it's almost like if you picture this sort of distant mountain that's a vision or this distant fork in the road, you know, it's like, how do I pull that to today and say, okay, so what's the decision? You know, which, which way are you going to go? That thing you've been waffling on or thinking about or you know, pushing off, um, you know, or for the vision, oh, cool, you know, why don't you send that company an email saying that you're putting together that, that program, see if they want to buy, you know. So I think the, the leadership principle is really um, time, you know, it's sort of like time is this, this weird thing that can expand if you let it uh, or contract if you sort of choose to. Um, and so I think to lead others is to help, yeah, help them bring that future forward uh, faster, uh, which has a massive compounding effect, right? So if I don't make this decision for six months, then the next decision tree that comes up 
might be further out, right? Whereas if I bring it to today, now I'm facing new things, right? So there's a compounding effect to how we use our time as well. Um, and I think you can do that in a non kind of hype way. Um, but yeah, helping people just take that next step in the, bringing them back to the present, I suppose. So rather than pushing off the future and seeing how they can uh, make some progress immediately. Man, that's uh, so inspiring. It took me back actually to a conversation in 2017 I had with a coach receiving coaching. And um, she was having the conversation with me around economics. That wasn't the most motivating thing, but it was the most concrete way we could have the conversation. And so she was like, so how would you get to a quarter million? I was like, this. She's like, well, how would you get to a million? I was like, well, I'd do this. She's like, well, just do that now. And it was freaking like, yeah, uh, so on point. And so much of the good stuff now is because of bringing that, like you're saying, that future into this present moment much quicker um, than waiting. Yeah, yeah. And and the waiting thing is is tough because it, like I said, it, it sort of can delay then other things, right? There's almost like a, you know, now you're, now you're delaying the next vision that you'd see, um, you know, and people shouldn't stress about that. Um, but yeah, how can I be that person now or how can I have that thing now um, and I think people have a story about how it has to be sometime in the future but usually there's some way to have a piece of that now and so if we go back to this calendar idea you know maybe you're listening to this and like oh man I wish I had more time to catch up with friends or maybe you're saying I wish I had that calendar not saying you are but you know something like that my question would be do you have 30 minutes this week for that type of thing you know, now you have a piece of that today uh, or a piece of that now. So, um, fi yeah, figure out what those sort of distant dreams or needs are and how can I experience that in the next five minutes? You know, we might catch up after this podcast, and that's a version of me having some of that experience right away. Right on, right on. It's not all or nothing. And I love how you're sensitive to people listening to this, that it's not all or nothing, that this isn't about hype. It's not about them feeling bad. It's about really trying to be in an honest place with yourself and say, what does it look like, yeah, to be that now? Um, okay, so we know there's just a lot of disruption, a lot of chaos, even pain in the world right now. If you were to broadcast out a message to leaders or, or people in general or both that you think would be something that would be of a high value of encouragement, what would that message be? <laughs> so I have one that's super top of mind for me. Um, so I'm, I'm laughing because it's such a funny um, thing, very simple. Um, my message is Google it um, because I just made this change in the last like two weeks. It's, it's really interesting how um, we read things in the paper online. We see people talking about something on a Twitter thread. We get an email and we read all these concepts, right? Like um, for me, I like finance, so I'm reading I'm reading the term Roth IRA. I'm reading the term 529 account, right? And and I just typically would just go past all these things that I didn't actually know. So there's all these things that I sort of think that maybe I know or that um, or terms I've just never heard of. And I have this new rule for myself, which is um, I Google to understand what something is or why it's like that. You know, so you, you hear about some new, you know, you hear about some building in a city you're going to travel to. Who made it? Why'd they make it? What year was it made? Um, you know, there's just so much information available to us through Google or through YouTube, searching YouTube for how does this work. 
that I am constantly searching things that I don't know. And that's very different than being on social media and only paying attention to the things that you already know and are reinforcing your worldview. Um, so I think the first thing is just, it again, sounds so simple, but I am trying to make this effort for myself to just constantly Google, you know, yeah, what is a Roth IRA? Why is it different than a traditional IRA? What's a 529 account? What's the origin of this? Why was it made? Um, and, and then challenge every basic assumption. Is real estate a smart investment? Google right after that, is real estate a stupid investment? Google right after that, how many people lose money on real estate per year, right? Like just, just ask these questions to Google, to YouTube um, of, of things you don't know. Focus on all the things you don't know. Challenge all the basic assumptions that you've made. Um, and I just feel like my, my learning is progressing very quickly just in the last two weeks from doing that. Um, so I would say Google everything and challenge you know, all the baseline assumptions that you hear. So any, any just trite saying, uh, figure out who benefits from that, why are they saying it, uh, what the origin story is. Um, because we have this just amazing, we have this amazing tool. Like, like Google and YouTube are just incredible. Uh, and use those to learn what you don't already know. It's awesome because so much of what causes the stress uh, is because of the polarity and us against them. What keeps us misinformed is this binary thinking. And then to search the opposite side of it, you know, what a beautiful way to start expanding your, your brain, your mind, rewiring your mind, expanding your consciousness. I love that. That's, I have to say, David, and not that I expect any different, but like, what a unique time we've had today. Like, it only you. <laughs> these answers and and so helpful for people uh what would be a place you would point people to go to if they wanted to connect with you more anything you would want to share with people that are listening that you'd like for them to get excited about with you either of those or both yeah if you are uh like an early stage business owner uh founder someone who's found success but needs to scale to the next level you feel like you're at this sort of defining moment Maybe you're growing your team for the first time. You can reach out for coaching, and that's at davidsherry.me. Um, that's just my personal website. Um, I'm also uh, I also have a Substack called uh, it's davidsherry.substack.com, um, and I'm sharing more there. Um, you know, some writing and some recommendations for people for uh, people and products that that uh, might serve them. Um, so I think those are the two best places. I'm on Twitter frequently as well. Um, and yeah, if you're on those channels, you also hear about the book. And just a quick note on the book, the book is for first-time founders hiring their first team. So if that's if that sounds like you, and, or you could be a business owner, you're making your first hire, you know you need to scale, you know you need, you need to delegate, you haven't been able to, to pull the trigger. Um, you know, this is kind of like the e-myth, but very practical um, for, for that demographic. Love the focus of that. Love the focus of that. And for those listening, it's David, like you'd expect, Sherry, S-H-E-R-Y-Y. R-R-Y, yeah. The URLs and some of the Twitter handles. Uh, yeah, S-H-E-R-R-Y. Yep. Did I add a letter? I know it off the Two top Y's, of my head. Two Ys, but I, I could try that. <laughs> That's hilarious. I just did that without even trying. No. Um, but I want people to be able to find you, so, yeah, don't miss out the detail on that. Thank you for being here. And, uh, dude, this has been so much fun. Can't wait for people to listen to it and share it uh, and, and be served by it. Thank you.
Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks so much for being here. You know that self-leadership is difficult. And as you listened, if you found within yourself a desire for more awareness for yourself, your team, or your culture, or the people that you would guide as a coach, you can find more at SightShift.com, S-I-G-H-T-Shift.com to take the next step.